awesome as it warms up there. Great. Natalie, it's so good to have you uh, join us this morning. Uh, I want to just draw your attention to the verse in the bulletin from uh, Psalm 66, verse 16. It says, listen, and I'll tell you what God has done for me. Uh, Natalie, you have a story to tell. Uh, We've shared, we've talked a little bit in person uh, about some of the things that have gone on. Um, And you've also shared a little bit on Facebook and so on and so forth. Um, But I'm so thankful that you're willing to share in person. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit uh, about what you've gone through in the last year and a half or so. Um, Good morning. I think my struggles have probably been similar to many, I say mothers, but I'm sure there are some fathers as well struggling um, in the last year and a half. Um, But for me, it started about two years ago. Uh, We had our second born, Grayson, and uh, when he was born, he did not like sleeping, which I know is pretty normal. And uh, for the first four months or so, I, uh, I didn't sleep for more than an hour or two at a time for four months, so that was pretty heavy. Um, and I also had a lot of guilt about how ungrateful I felt on the hard days. Mm. Um, for those who don't know, we had two miscarriages between Tristan and Grayson, so we worked very hard to hold our baby, and so I felt guilty for just not always being grateful. Um, And at the same time, uh, my other son was struggling with some behavior and attention issues that came out at at school and other places. And then I felt the guilt of not having the time that he needed from me um, because babies obviously are not independent. Um, And after that, um, you know, bring in the COVID closures and all of Tristan's outlets and supports being taken away. Things did get a lot worse. Um, We pushed through the next months, but I definitely started to struggle a lot. Um, My mom would call, and I wouldn't have anything new. I always said, oh, it feels like Groundhog Day. Like, I don't know what Mm. to tell you. We we don't do anything. Um, But bring in November 2020, I was so excited to go back to work. Um, I work for Canada Life. I've been there for 20 years. I love my job. Um, And I was going to be working from home, which is different. I used to commute to Winnipeg. So I was really excited about having the extra time. So the Friday before I started back, we found out that there was a case in Grayson's room, his first week of daycare. Um, So we all got tested because Grayson actually was sick for the first time. And we found out that he and Paul both tested positive. Um, Grayson was sick, and then Paul got sick a few days after we got that positive result. So um, that was a hard time to get through, but we did. Um, And, you know, I pushed through for the next 10 months, uh, barely keeping my head above water, just always feeling worried about the next shutdown, the next illness, the next meltdown, Mm -hmm. the next time I'm going to be woken up in my sleep. And, um, you know, in meetings at work, we're all over Zoom, and they'd ask how I was feeling, and I would just cry. I I couldn't tell people how I was without crying, which I think was probably a a good indicator on how I was feeling. So in August, after my meds really became ineffective, um, I wasn't sleeping anymore, and I just couldn't keep it all together anymore, not at work, not at home. 
Um, so together, my doctor and I decided it was time for a medical leave. Mm. So an incredibly difficult journey. Obviously, you've just even given us just a small picture of all the things that you and Paul had to go through and the difficulties and, and all these major big decisions that you would have to make. Um, Surely there was other people around you? Did you have a sense of community around you? Because that's a lot to bear uh, by yourselves. Uh, um, we've been talking about community in, in, yeah. in the fall here, and I'm wondering, uh, what does that community look like for you? Uh, was there a sense of community around you? Um, yeah, I mean, I am so grateful, uh, really, for all my friends, the community in Steinbach. Hmm. I did not grow up in Steinbach, but I have met some wonderful, wonderful people who have become my best friends. And um, they are constantly checking in, um, you know, offering to listen or just telling me about their day helps. Um, or coffee drop-offs or cheesecake drop-offs on hard days. <laughs> and um, even yesterday, my, my favorite ninja Helen Bandman dropped me off a little treat and wished uh, me well for today. So, I, Helen, I really appreciate cool. you. We've really become good friends over COVID, which is funny. Um, yeah, so I'm grateful for my, my Steinbeck community and my friends. Um, my parents are huge support for both Paul and I and our kids. Um, you know, if Paul and I want to plan a date night and just want, you know, a quiet morning, they'll take the kids for sleepover or babysit them. Or if we need a break, sometimes they just, they're there, they're there to help. Uh, my mom's my best friend. I talk to her every day and she's a huge help. She'll come to visit, but she just cleans my house for me, so I like when she does that. Um, uh, my employer, honestly, my manager is amazing. I know a lot of people mm. do have problems with managers sometimes not being understanding. She has been amazing through it all. She calls me once every couple weeks, not to ask when I'm coming back, but to truly see how I'm feeling. Wow. Um, I have a case manager uh, set up for my claim, and um, she called the other day that they're going to set up some counseling for me, which I think will be really great in starting okay. me to, you know, start to feel better, go back to work. Yeah. Um, Paul has really stepped up. Uh, I think he hadn't realized how bad it was. Um, you know, I was silently trying to push through and do everything I had because I had never really complained about doing everything I had. So he's definitely been hmm. a huge blessing. And um, Way to go, Paul. <laughs> and lastly... Um, I will say, when, when Grayson and Paul got sick, um, we, we couldn't leave, obviously. It's just like, abruptly, you have to stay home. So I don't know many people that would be able to just stay home for two weeks and not need anything. So we had so many people asking what we needed. Mm. We literally had a lineup of people coming to bring us food. Wow. Um, my parents had to wait weeks to drop off the food they had made us and my aunt because we had so many people in our church, in our community, wow. in our family just want to help. And that was truly a blessing. Food seems like such a minimal thing, but it's such a huge thing when, even when parents are struggling, it's right. one task off our list we don't have to think about. So right on. That's huge cool. blessings. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So in the midst of this time, what has it done for your faith or to your faith or how has your faith impacted this season? Um, well, I'm going to try to get through this without crying. This is the part I always stop on, so it might take me a while to get this out. Um, I'm not sure where I'd be without my faith. Um, knowing people are praying for you, I think, is okay. such a huge deal. 
and knowing when you yourself are going through something and maybe can't offer as much as you normally can, like mm. going for a cup of coffee or bringing someone food after a baby, um, letting them know you can pray for them is a huge deal too. Um, I know that God's hearing me, my struggles, my friend's struggles. I know he hears my prayers and it really just wraps around me and makes me feel more secure. Um, our church community is amazing. I've met people that I've known in church and over COVID we've become friends on Facebook and then just become such good friends. Um, a few that come to mind would be Angela Brandt and Crystal Breer. Like they've been really great. Um, so it's been a, a blessing. Um, and honestly, the first Sunday after I dropped Tristan off at Sunday school, I cried the whole way home. You know, I've known the past year we've all been here for each other, but being here in person mm. in this building was just so overwhelming and the sense of joy and peace it brings me every Sunday. I, I can't put it into words. Um, and just one last bit, we did join a life group this past week and um, Paul and I have been talking about it for seven, eight years now about joining a life group. And I will say, Thursday is the first time after our life group. That's the first time I've slept through the night in months. Really? So I think wow. that just, you know, I, I'm just so thankful that we have this community that's so welcoming. So thank you. Yeah, right on. Thank you. for. I know this is just, again, a small snapshot. Anything else you would want the church family to know about or share, share with them? I... I think I just want to say that, you know, we're so influenced by social media and all the great things other people are doing, and sometimes it just makes us feel like, well, why aren't I feeling like that? But everyone is feeling like that, and I just think if you can find a community and people that you trust and you can just talk to, it'll make the world of difference. No one is perfect, and um, just when you start to feel overwhelmed, make sure you, you reach out to someone. Awesome. Thank you, Natalie, for sharing a bit of your heart this morning. And uh, like the verse says, right, thank you for sharing what God has done for you and is doing uh, in you. So blessings to you. Yeah, thanks. we sang with kickoff Sunday. It's called My Testimony. The chorus goes like this. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify that Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Can you try that with me? Can you get those lyrics on the screen there? testimony from death and life cause grace rewrote my story I'll justify that Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony I so 
Satan fall like lightning I saw darkness run for cover Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven My praise belongs to you forever I'll testify Jesus cursed the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Come together sons and daughters Bought with blood and washed in water Spirit, Son, and Father, our God will finish what He started. Oh, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. His grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. Jesus Christ, the righteous, I'm justified. everything unmuted if I'm not dead you're not done greater things are still to come oh I believe if I'm not dead you're not done greater things are still to come oh I morning church my name is Leonid Goncharov and I have a great privilege today to interview one of the great workers one couple that done this job for many many years so let's see if you can guess who, who is that so they are married for 64 years have three daughters and one son uh, are, they are in the ministry for 56 years and 
some of the qualities. I asked my wife, how would you, how would you describe them? She said, they're warm-hearted and dedicated in what they do. So it is John and Joyce Dick. They also happen to be a dear friend of ours. I really like them. Uh, my first connection with them happened when I first started attending this church. Uh, one of the first couples who introduced me and made it really welcoming was exactly John and Joyce Dick. So that is, uh, that is my first connection. So, oh yeah, also when I was traveling back to Kazakhstan to finish my studying, John would write me an email and ask me how I was doing. So that was really nice of, of them. But right now, let's learn a little bit about their low German ministry. Why don't you join us on the stage, John and Joyce? Help, help me to welcome them. I do have a couple of questions for you, and let's see if we can go through that. So tell us a little bit about your low German ministry. Well, I guess I have to start about 20-some years ago when we retired from our work in Europe. Uh, I began making low German audios of about 20 minutes each from the Bible, teaching various books of the Bible. And over, over the years, there've, I produced about 400 of those that are in circulation. And so, uh, yes, but uh, a little bit more uh, later on, about 10 years ago, along with uh, Clarence and Hilda Funk, uh, we began a low German Bible study in this area. So at first we met in homes, and then later on we met in a building in Gruntal, and uh, we met every two weeks, and we had uh, a fair number of low German people from this area uh, who came to these uh, teaching sessions that we had. That is great. So I believe that was impacted a little bit by COVID. And how did COVID impact your ministry? Well, <laughs> what happened was it was switched off just like that. That happened in March of 2020, and uh, yes, I, I believe the Lord had a plan in it for us, too, because he knew we were going to be sitting at home, uh, isolating for many months, and uh, so with the closing of that, of the actual meetings, we, we were wondering, too, what was going to happen, but what did happen was almost immediately we began getting phone calls from far away, from Mexico, from parts of the U.S., from Canada, from Belize uh, or, and Bolivia. And these calls were all related to these audios of mine that are circulating. So that's how it did change, these phone calls. So how did they know your phone number? Well... Uh, on these audios, I usually put my phone number in saying, if you have any questions, call me at this number. 
and this was really the first time they started to use that. Wow, what, a, what an amazing alignment, what's the gut plan, how it works, that is a miracle. Um, is there any particular story you can share with us? Yes, well, I think uh, when you hear Low German, it's Low German is spoken by many, many different groups of people, uh, from sophisticated churches who sp still speak Low German in Paraguay, I think, or even very simple groups of people, some who have never really learned to read and write. And it is more this uh, group of people who live in colonies all over, usually Mexico, South America, and so on, and who've had very little chance, if ever any chance, to really hear the gospel clearly. And these are the kind of people that are responding to these audios which they hear on basically on WhatsApp. A few places have it in, in radio, uh, I would say maybe half a dozen, but basically they've gotten spread through the cell phone, through, uh, through WhatsApp and Telegram and so on. That's wonderful. How do you see the future of your ministry? Well, I should mention uh, you also said about a, a story. I'm thinking of a couple, uh, I'm just going to say Abe and Anna, and they live in Belize. Uh, they live in a colony which is very, very closed to teaching the Bible. Uh, they're very focused on just their church and their regulations, and it's actually against their laws to have a Bible. They, you shouldn't really have a Bible because you might understand too much of it and turn away from their teaching. So that is one of the things. This couple uh, became believers, and they... They got a low German Bible, and that was enough for the ministerial to come down and visit them and tell them they were not welcome here anymore. They should move away. They should sell what they had and move away. And they did. They moved away. Uh, they're looked after quite well nowadays. They've had started a new business, and they're making their living, and they are a great witness to other people who are still locked in the same system. Wow, that's amazing. I'm wondering, Joyce, what part of the ministry you take in that? Okay, it occurred to me uh, with John in this ministry that uh, he was a cell phone or a WhatsApp pastor. And so, and I am his wife. And I do feel quite involved because I uh, listen or hear most of those either calls or messages that come on WhatsApp, and so I get quite involved with these people. And sometimes I talk to them as well. And uh, then John made uh, a list of all those uh, connections he's had, and he gave that to me, and uh, with some comments on it, in case I don't remember all the, you know, the details. And I like to pray for them, uh, for these people. And the other thing that really encourages us if others pray along with us. And so some, there are some friends of ours who then sort of adopt uh, a family or a couple or whatever and pray for them. Uh, like I have some friends that pray exactly for Abe and Anna, Abraham and Anna. And then they will ask from time to time, what have you heard about them? And so on. And so that encourages us a lot. And what encourages us very much 
is on Thursday mornings. Uh, there are these two prayer meetings for men and women, and we attend them, and they pray for us. And they, they really seem interested in uh, some of these connections. Wow, that, that is amazing. Maybe you can share with us some of the prayer needs or how can church support you in the day-to-day -day prayers? Uh, well, uh, um, uh, many of those that connect with us, especially during this time, have been people who are new believers. And, uh, and they have already listened to his audios very often. And uh, <coughs> I want to know more, either have believed or are in the process. And so uh, <coughs> it's uh, always, uh, uh, I, I'm always concerned that John will have the grace and the wisdom uh, then to answer. And uh, it's not only that kind of calls, but we also get a lot of personal calls and uh, some from, uh, I'm thinking of couples, uh, where one is a believer and the other is not. And that can present uh, very uh, big difficulties uh, in a new believer as well. There are some husbands who are uh, believers and their wives are objecting and vice versa. And then also uh, there are uh, others who lately have come to us who want to confess their sins to us because that is one of the uh, doctrines or teachings that they've learned that they need to uh, confess to not only the Lord, but to some pastor. And so we can also help them with that. And so whatever we say, we hope they will also then really believe what the word says. Wonderful. Maybe before we let you go, uh, we can pray together and uh, some bless your ministry let's pray together father god thank you for this uh, great opportunity for us to learn more about low german ministry done by john and joyce dick uh, bless them give them wisdom give them uh, joy in whatever they are doing and help them to guide more and more people to you to your throne and so people Learn the real God, the God who saves, the God who forgives, and the God who gives hope. Strengthen their hands and help us to be side by side to them, especially when the need is the greatest. Amen. Thank you very much. How great is our 
Who else wanted that to continue on? <laughs> yes. Oh, boy, that, that was good. Thanks again, music team. Thanks, congregation, for joining uh, and just singing, How Great Is Our God. Uh, Adam, come on up. We're going to hear another testimony about what God is doing in another person's life. Uh, so, Adam, as you... Sit down. Yeah, as you kind of get settled in there, uh, you have had quite a summer. Uh, not a summer that you had planned, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we have, yeah, quite a summer. We've seen your name in the bulletin as a congregation. We have prayed for you uh, many times over and over again throughout the week and so on and so forth. Um, but maybe some are asking, okay, look, so what are we praying about? What's, what's going on here? Uh, can you fill us in a little bit? For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so July, end of July was uh, quite the shock for us, um, I guess kind of literally, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, laughter's good, good, best medicine. Um, end of July, uh, I had a hard episode, um, so I, uh, I was just exercising in the basement, um, and it just went into a bad arrhythmia, pretty unexpected. Um, so VTAC is, is what it went into, so I just wasn't getting enough oxygen pumped to my uh, organs and to my brain and everything, so I passed out. Um, and yeah, like, thankfully Megan was downstairs uh, with me, and she's trained on CPR as she's a teacher, uh, so she was able to, uh, to bring me back and uh, keep me around. 
uh, till RCMP and uh, paramedics arrived there. So, um, yeah, it was, I mean, just miraculous that she was there. Uh, fantastic that she was there. So thankful for that. Um, so I got taken into the standback hospital. Um, once they got me stabilized there by ambulance, and uh, thankfully a bed opened up in Winnipeg at St. Boniface, uh, so I didn't have to get transferred to Brandon, so that uh, made visiting a whole lot better, a whole lot easier. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was Monday morning that that incident happened, and then I was um, unconscious uh, slash sedated until uh, they kind of brought me back Saturday morning. Mm. So yeah, it... Uh, they were just incredible there at St. Boniface, uh, especially my nurse, Melissa, that was uh, specifically dedicated to me in the cardiac uh, care unit. And uh, yeah, it was just amazing. Okay. So what happened in that care time? What kind of surgery did you go through? Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they, they did a huge gamut of tests uh, to try and figure out what was going on. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was heart failure that, that happened there. So uh, I ended up getting... Uh, a couple of biopsies taken, testing, and then I got a, uh, a defibrillator and a pacemaker inserted as well, just to protect me for the future um, and kind of keep me, keep me around. Okay. <laughs> You're a young guy to have to go through that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that experience in the hospital, what, what was that experience like for you? Uh, overwhelming. It was, uh, I mean, so like I said, I was, Monday is when the incident happened, uh, Saturday is kind of when I woke up. Um, and again, thankfully, there were so many, so many ways that, uh, that God's hand was in it. Uh, the fact that Megan could visit me uh, in the hospital, that our families could visit in the hospital. Uh, it wasn't totally locked down at that point. Um, so that was, that was fantastic. Um, got my phone back on uh, Saturday. And just the amount of text messages, people praying. Um, yeah, church family was, was so faithful in prayer for us, for our family, for myself, uh, for the entire events all around it. Um, yeah, it was, it was very overwhelming. So what happens now? <laughs> you have a defibrillator put in. Uh, what does life look like for you? How, what, what changes uh, to your day-to-day, -day, perhaps? Yeah, so right now, um, I've been working just half-time. I've been getting back to work now, which is uh, feeling really great, I'm getting some just in my in my day again uh, and feeling like I've got things that I'm doing uh, which again my managers and, and workplace mm -hmm. has been unbelievably supportive um, so yeah uh, going through uh, cardiac rehab now uh, so trying to build back uh, get back into exercising in a safe way uh, making sure that I'm taking care of my body uh, dietary changes and such um, so yeah there will be a good uh, a good long road ahead of us yet of trying to figure out kind of uh, what the new normal is for me, but we're slowly getting there and, and getting more answers every day. So we're just, again, terribly thankful uh, to just have me around still and totally wasn't, uh, yeah. We're glad you're still around too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. what has this whole, this is off the script now. Oh, that's okay. Um, what has this done to your faith? How has your faith developed, changed? Uh, been an impacted through this. Yeah, so I mean, again, like I said, the, just all of the, the things that lined up, the, that God's hand was just in it so much that uh, the fact that Megan was downstairs, the fact that 
uh, she knew how to do CPR, that uh, RCMP got there so quickly that paramedics got me stabilized, even though it was, uh, it was a bit of work to get me uh, stabilized to transport. Um, mm. And then the fact that a bed opened up in Winnipeg, that family could visit, that they could get me, uh, get surgery done for me so quickly, uh, and just take care of me that way. Um, and then just all the support that we were getting through the church, it was just overwhelming, um, just the way that God was working in that situation. So not taking things for granted, uh, life is short. Mm. <laughs> and I've always thought that that's just a, a very cliche thing. Uh, but being a 20, 28, 29-year-old that uh, just, just about, I was there. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, taking, taking everything in stride and, and being thankful every day. So totally. God yeah. is, uh, is still working, and it's wonderful that he wasn't, wasn't done with me yet. So Yeah, right on. And anything that you would like to share uh, you know, with the congregation? Anything else you'd like to share? A question that you would love for us to ask you? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, well, specifically a prayer request. Um, as we still transition through... Uh, getting back to a normal, a new normal life. Um, just patience with that. Um, trust uh, in my body, especially. Mm. That's been a big thing. Uh, getting back into being able to sleep through the night and not worry and feeling things that are different that I'm not expecting. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, we would just appreciate prayer for, for that specifically and just, just healing mentally uh, as well for, for some of that trauma that happened uh, would be excellent. So, but just uh, we were incredibly encouraged as well uh, by our life group, by our friends, by a church family, uh, just the support that we received uh, even while I was in the hospital, uh, people taking care of even just practical things, meals, um, taking care of our yard, getting our house cleaned, uh, all these little things that you think wow. are, are not a big deal, but they just get taken care of for you, and it's, uh, it's just wonderful uh, to see that support around. So Right on. Yeah, you know what, it's amazing. As in the office, we often talk about how when something like this happens, how, how often uh, life groups, close friends, are, are there way ahead of whenever the office finds out, you know, if they find out about what's going yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that's just, a, again, a testimony to the community uh, that you guys have developed around you. And, and I think we, we heard that with uh, Natalie's testimony too. Yeah. Uh, you know, the sense of community around, around them as well. Uh, and also the props to our medical uh, staff, right? Like Absolutely. we have our nurses and our doctors and our paramedics and, and on and on it goes. And so we're just so thankful for, uh, for that profession yeah. and for their care. So... So we specifically want to say thank you again just to the church family. It was, I know the first time that we came back uh, in person to church was for the, uh, the kickoff Sunday, and it was just so encouraging seeing uh, faces come up and people come and say hi and, hey, we've been praying for you. And, mm. and we don't actually totally know what happened, but we were praying for you, mm. and we just we want to see how you're doing. Uh, that was just incredible to see right um, and, and very encouraging. So thank right you so much, church family. Hey, Adam, thank you again for sharing what God has done in you and for you uh, and what he is continuing to do. Uh, so thanks for sharing that story with us. You bet. Blessings.